Welcome to Gu Dao Jingxing, Walking the Timeless Way, a podcast that digs deeply into the ancient texts of Dao De Jing to uncover its timeless wisdom and discuss how to live it in today's chaotic world. I'm David Wang, executive coach and consultant. I'm joined by my co-host Ian Felton, a practicing psychotherapist. And colder. Good morning, Ian. Morning, David. How are you today? How are you this morning? Well, I'm 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 feeling uh, okay. A little on the edge of overwhelmed by just kind of some of the situation in the world, and also、uh, a lot of undertakings in my life. But you know, definitely not not overfull. Just kind of. Right at that that high water mark. How about I see. You? I see. Well, I I share that similar feeling. You know, it's been a week since the you know、uh, the election, uh, and uh, we're still there's a certain level of uncertainties. You know, I'm I've been、uh, following that、uh, here and there, and、uh, also you know we all have our work and the personal life. You know, I'm.、Uh, You know, trying to sort out as、uh, much as possible as we go, but、uh, you know, we have this moment. You know, this quiet morning on Saturday, and hopefully, we can、uh, talk about those things. And also,、uh, while we're studying, you know, we, we can be transformed. You know, through our discussion. That's the that's the hope. That's the hope. Yes. Okay. So、uh, last week we talked about、um, chapter sixty-three,、mm-hmm. and、uh, we are going to continue that discussion、uh, with a focus on, you know, some of the key concepts、uh, as we did last time.、Uh, we started talking about virtue, and uh, today, uh, you know, I would like to talk a little bit more、uh, about. Another key concept,、uh, discernment.、Uh, it's not explicitly,、uh, you know, put forward in this chapter, but I think throughout Dao De Jing,、uh, discernment, especially that、uh, you know skill, that attribute、uh, associated with Sheng Ren,、uh, uh, it's throughout. And this chapter,、uh, that kind of theme also emerged. Yeah, I think that's really helpful, particularly because while you and I are pretty deep into our study of the text, and and we've had a lot of discussions before we were doing this podcast, that since we're really wanting to invite people into our discussion, going back to I mean, the, these are really foundational ideas, and 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 pretty much anything without a, a thorough explanation or discussion around foundational concepts, the the rest of it can feel pretty untethered. So I'm I'm really happy to go back and and anytime talk about Shangren, the sage, or the、mm-hmm. virtue, and and anything that relates to that, just a Help create that that foundation, and obviously, these foundational concepts are are really where 
everything else springs from. And so we can't talk about this stuff too much. I don't, I don't believe. I'm, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Okay. So, uh, in terms of the, uh, discernments, uh, I have a question on my mind. Hmm. Uh, when you hear that word, uh, what's the kind of the first response to that word? The flawed human mind. Mm, mm. Tell us more about that. Well, if we look back at the history of not just Homo sapiens, but all animals, we, we develop the intelligence that we need to survive in our particular niche in the environment so fish that live in a cave a dark cave for example where there's no light they're blind they have no eyes they they don't need to have eyes because they don't have they don't have the need to discern light they don't have a need to discern the reflection of light on objects because there literally is no light to reflect off of anything. So their intelligence and the ability to discern things doesn't involve a key fundamental thing that when humans think of discernment, of course, much of what we think about discerning are things related to our, our vision. And so wanting to make that relationship right away that while Tao includes everything, blind cave fish and humankind, what individual species discern and what they need to discern is related to their environment. And, and there's always going to be a lot filtered out or, or not even capable of of discerning based upon that evolutionary past so mike what i'm really highlighting it is is that it's obvious for us to see or discern that a blind cave fish is missing out on discerning so much of the universe just because it's so obvious to us but there's no doubt at all that we're the blind cave fish in many ways that we will never know because we're incapable of that discernment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, I like this uh, example of uh, blind fish. Uh, I was wondering, uh, you know, the, that fish, uh, I guess the fish is, you know, is following its instinct, right? There's this instinct. Do you think there's a kind of a discernment built into that fish instinct and which is, you know, different from, you know, human species? Without a doubt. And so when we think about the blind cave fish, it, it doesn't need to discern light, the reflection of light on objects, mm -hmm. but what it's no doubt really sensitive to would be vibrations in the water. I see, I see. And then for the humans, because their, uh, uh, you know, their playing field is much wider 
uh, you know, they have to deal with uh, more complex environments, right? Uh, so over time, based on that foundation of some kind of instinctual discernment, they build something additional, some additional layers of discernments. Is that yeah, how think, you see it? Yeah, I think really when when we're looking at um, the similarities between the two, one is a very um, simpler type of discernment, but no less amazing in, in what it can produce. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that the blind cave fish's perception of the environment is very accurate, that they have a very rich, detailed understanding of what's happening in the environment based upon how they're feeling Mm-hmm. Wa- water hitting their skin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that maybe in, in many ways is, is just as rich as our ability to discern light reflecting off of, of objects. Mm-hmm. And, and so what, what is similar there is that this relationship to the external and the internal. So what you're calling instinct, I'll say, is is sort of what's happening inside an organism, mm-hmm. and external being the the sensory signals coming from the outside that then crosses a boundary into mm-hmm. the the organism's nervous system, and and then that organism's nervous system has some sort of instinctual response, and so. What is similar across these organisms is the discernment that happens when external becomes internal, and then the internal does some sort of processing, Mm -hmm. and now that organism acts back onto the environment, and now it's the external going back into the environment. So this cycle of external to internal, internal to external, and all of the animated objects in, in the world kind of having this reciprocal dance of internal and, and external being affected, affecting upon, and so on and so forth, you know, in this vast um, expression of, of Tao. Yeah. This dance, this word you just mentioned, is exactly as I'm listening, uh, it's on my mind. You know, this constant maybe perpetual, eternal dance of the subject, subjective and objective. Hmm. Okay, that's very interesting. Uh, let's kind of uh, use this chapter as our anchor to talk a little bit more about what that discernment is about. Uh, hmm. you, you, be, you began by saying that, you know, this a flawed human mind, uh, you know, recognizing that limitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, throughout uh, ages, uh, our human discernment uh, has, uh, you know, advanced or becomes more nuanced and sophisticated, right? Uh, well, I don't know whether you agree with that, but it seems to me that uh, because, you know, our interaction with our environment, um, I think we acquire the skills. I mean, the first thing I can th- think about is, let's say, go back to the uh, the uh, 
you know, hunter-gatherer societies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, I even thought about, you know, around that bonfire, you know, when the group of men are talking about, like, say, the, 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 the huntering experience, right? You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. in talking about that, uh, there's in, embedded in that story, there's in discernment too, you know, maybe someone mistaken, you know, is so, something uh, very dangerous mm-hmm. as something very attractive. So they have to share stories about, oh, you know, how can you, uh, you know, tell the, uh, the, the real thing, the good from the, from, from the evil or from the dangerous, you know, even during those mm-hmm. days through storytelling, you know, people start to think about experiences and try to incorporate in their ability to uh, discern. Yeah. I mean, this text itself is, is an example of exactly what you're talking about. It was, you know, and an, what we would call an ancient person trying to communicate using one of these human, you know, it is a more sophisticated ability. Language is, is certainly we would consider it more sophisticated whether or not that that adds up to much in in the long run we we still don't know you know who's going to survive longer ants or homo sapiens if if the ants live longer than the homo sapiens then we can certainly learn that sophisticated doesn't necessarily equate with long-term survival Mm -hmm. but the Tao Te Ching is definitely an example of exactly what you're talking about. This this human communication that's put out there to try to help people discern the environment to make better decisions. Yeah. In, in particular, Tao Te Ching seems to be way more interested in longevity than a lot of other texts. You know, there there's not promises of some other existence it, it it's grounded a lot and you know talking about living a long life a long life that that um doesn't encounter hardships mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it certainly values that longevity right mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. things is not just uh you know victorious in the short term but more sustainable mm-hmm. the sustainability of things uh seems to be something that Laozi is very concerned about. Yeah, and discernment, you know, it feels like that's the thing that you really want to talk about. How, how does discernment relate to us having longevity and not encountering these hardships that we encounter a lot in, in this text? Exactly, exactly. Um, thinking about the, the, the time we are living in, uh, a lot of times I get the feeling or I observe around me that discernment doesn't uh, seem to be a highly valued thing among people. Maybe nowadays we use different wordings for that. Uh, it's the same mm-hmm. thing. But I, I, overall, I feel in this, uh, you know, in social media, in the political environment we, we, we are in, in uh, people, or at least uh, some people that I encounter, doesn't across to me doesn't come across to me as you know trying to discern, uh, let's say the 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 signal from the noise, hmm. or the right from wrong, hmm. or the truth from 
false quotes. Mm. How do you science how do you, from pseudoscience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kind of things. What what do you what, what's your take on that? Um, are we in a transitional period that maybe discernment uh, will will come back to us, or we are in a kind of a on a trajectory of maybe another? Uh, okay, the, the 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 concept I'm thinking is let's say um, anti-intellectualism. Uh, as we traditionally know, we give a put a place a lot of value on education. Mm-hmm. We thought knowledge will enlighten us, right? Mm-hmm. It will help us becoming uh, more discerning. Um, but it seems like there's a lot of mistrust of knowledge and intellect. So if we don't trust intellect, don't, don't trust uh, reasoning, uh, then what else can we trust? Can we trust ourselves? Can we trust somebody or somebody's rhetoric? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the kind of thing when I saw discernment. Oh, it sounds like it's a lost art or it's mm. uh, old fashioned. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. in the religious context, right? Mm-hmm. In Christianity, uh, when I read the Bible, you know, these words sometimes uh, came up. Like, mm. a, you know, God give me a discerning heart mm. or, uh, mm-hmm. or like a, King Solomon, you know, uh, gave me wisdom. Mm. Well, I, I think a couple of things that we might want to keep in mind is that one, every period in, in time, there's not a monolithic worldview, that there's still going to be variation across the people existing at the time of who's discern how how many people are discerning and, and how people are not and and in what way mm-hmm. and that's true in Lao's time just as it's true in in our time and that even though to us right now it seems like there's a, a massive amount of non-discerning people as a ratio we actually still are probably living in the most discerning era that has ever existed. When you look at just the sheer um, percentage of people who are interested in science and, and truth and mm-hmm. education and, and learning things, mm-hmm. which is probably why, why it's, it's so much more painful to see large groups of people that what I would say are, are not interested in discernment so much as appealing to authority. Mm. Mm. But certainly in the past, I would say almost everyone just appealed to authority. It was sort of, it would, it was too dangerous to do anything but appeal to authority and, and, the only discernment that you had to make was who's in charge. <laughs> right, right, right. I like that perspective. So in other words, you're saying that just because, uh, you know, uh, we are, we, we, uh, the whole society uh, is becoming more of a discerning and a questioning, right? To questioning, uh, you know, that, 
you kind of feel that pain and contrast. Mm -hmm. While in the old days, when uh, people, you know, from that perspective, people are, uh, you know, less discerning about authority and they complied or obedient, uh, you couldn't feel that pain because that group thing gives you a sense of, you know, security or maybe false security. Yeah, or or just not seeing that there's another option that mm. um, you know when we think about enlightenment values and and mm. the trajectory after enlightenment values when we started valuing individual mm. freedom and democracy and mm. the scientific method and and trying to discern where that was present and, and where it wasn't that prior to that, it was sort of just, what was it? Hobbes who said life is, you know, short, cruel and mm -hmm. violent. Um, I, I'm butchering the quote, but you know what I'm, I'm talking about. Yes. And, 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 and that's all that people needed to discern was sort of like, where is power? Where is power coming from? And what do I have to do to not get crushed by it? Mm, mm, yeah, yeah. And and I think that's what's scary to us now is because we have come so far from that where so many people now don't agree with that way of existing within the species that we we tend to abhor dictators and authoritarian regimes and people like Donald Trump in the modern world who are you know certainly the closest thing that we've ever seen to these sort of you know deeply flawed dictatorial power hungry people in the United States that were were kind of floored by it because we're not used to it but when you talk to people in you know, Central American countries and South American countries, they're not as surprised because they're so used to it. They're so used to seeing the leaders of their countries acting that way and behaving that way. And the only thing that they're surprised by is that, you know, the U.S. hasn't um, experienced it the way that they've experienced it for their whole life. And so on a broader timeline, suggesting that, you know, a long time ago, that's how everything was, you know, when you think about warring states and, and China and mm -hmm. just all of the powerful warlords, and you would sort of, you know, be subjected to, you know, living underneath some warlord, and you just tried to hope and pray that you could produce enough of something to make them happy so that they didn't, you know, crush you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and so I, th I think that's, that's the thing that we have to keep in mind is that, that we can even discern these things the way that we can. I think it, it really shows how much peak discernment we, we sort of do have right now, even when we're still kind of looking into the um, threats of authoritarianism and, empower in, in our own country today in a way that we we haven't really had to to look at so i think that's a good point you are really saying is despite the messiness uh there's still a lot of good coming out of that 
uh, messiness that mm-hmm. uh, people, uh, more people are uh, awakened, right, from mm-hmm. this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, you know, like say the Americans had the, uh, the benefits of learning back from history, right? Mm-hmm. There's, uh, you know, in other cultures and, in, in, you know, part of the human uh, experience that those things happened. Now they are able to recognize, uh, uh, you know, the the danger. In yeah. That. Okay, I I I got that one. Um, let let me still follow up on with another question. Is for example, the people are the followers uh, of let's say Trump or somebody mm-hmm. like Trump because mm-hmm. I heard the saying that you know Trump and Trumpism. Is something like let's say Trump has maybe a thousand faces. There's mm-hmm. yeah, like right. It's a force with a thousand mm-hmm. uh, faces. Right. Uh, how can people uh, and and also people are more discerning about let's say the limitations or the flaws of the existing like uh, uh, you know group of politicians. Right. That's something that they are dis- disillusioned about. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reasons that brought Trump, you know, to yeah. the front stage. Um, but how, in that process, how do people avoid a situation, uh, what I call from the fire to the frying pan? Mm-hmm. So in other words, you know, there's a group of people, you know, we are unhappy with because of their hypocrisy or lack of accountability, right? And then somebody like Trump happened, and then we take that person as the the light or as the truth mm-hmm. or whatever in the followers' eyes. Would that also create a situation that because we're not discerning, you know, we blindly follow that force, and that will take us to a even, you know, a a, yeah. a, a, a worse situation. Yeah, politicians are liars, and so I'm tired of voting for politicians. So I'm going to vote for this guy who's not a politician, but he but lies a, a in a way. Or yeah. a demagogue or something. Right, and, and, is, and is sort of like the king of liars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, not all of them, but at least the, the, the mm. big group of those people who seem to be very kind of vocal and create a lot of, uh, uh, you, know, uh, infer- you know, a, a lot of the noises. Uh, you know, in the arena. Well, and, and, and I think that we have to look at how those who, who discern have helped create the situation. That if you're a politician, and let's say you're, we talk, and through Dao Te Ching, we talk about politicians, you know, people in the emperor's court needing to be shangren needing to be like sages and and what they have to do and we have to look at how the people who have been let down by globalization in the united states Mm -hmm. the people who used to have the ability to go and and work at the, the plant near mm-hmm. near their community and 
make a good living and and have a decent home and take care of their mm-hmm. their family and and have a decent life which mm-hmm. which again you know I'm, I'm i'm obviously i'm i'm not touching on all the ways that racism and and bigotry and that sort of thing kept people who were minorities from participating in in that sort of um, labor and 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 fruits of of the system. I mean, that's a whole other issue. But I'm talking mm-hmm. about the people who, as a result of globalization, and something while it gets painted as being something that the Democrats did, for example, like through Bill Clinton and and NAFTA. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is really bipartisan things. This is this is the United States Congress over many, many administrations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. continuing to globalize. It's 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 not one party. It's it's the leaders of America as a whole who mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who have done this. And you know, you you look at Ohio and Michigan and the these places where mm-hmm. the workforce was eroded and labor was eroded, mm-hmm. and, and every term you have politicians talking about how they're going to protect their way of life and mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. do all this stuff, and, and nothing changed, right? Like the the politicians mm-hmm. kept making it easier for multinational corporations to. Mm-hmm move jobs to other countries and, and have American companies be able to have tax shelters and not pay taxes and, and all this stuff happening. And so that's the discernment that the people who supported Trump were seeing, they were seeing, you know, their discernment was actually very, very good. in in that sense, you know, it, it was easy for them to see that while, the leaders of America were saying that they were going to help them, weren't helping them at all, and were continuing to, you know, benefit the multinational corporations, fi- finance, um, banking, etc. And so their discernment was spot on that way. So that is a discernment uh, version number one. That's could we call it the first stage of discernment, which might be uh, disillusionment. Yeah. So in other words, you have to break from the past. You have to see through the surface mm-hmm. to get beneath to see what's really going on. It sounds to me what you're describing mm-hmm. is they do not trust these politicians anymore yeah. who made hollow promises. Yeah, which is actually very good discernment, right? Like that was very accurate discernment. And that force, uh, you know, I imagine... Uh, that was at that moment, uh, some people saw it and now more people saw it. It sounds to me like it's after fact, right? After these years, like say, oh, you know, holy shit, you know, like this, uh, you know, like this thing happened to us. Yeah. So, but, you know, if, uh, I don't know, maybe scholars have done research Mm -hmm. and look at that time period, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there are some people, more discerning people who are like, uh, almost like a prophet in the, in the wilderness, like saying, hey, you know, this is dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there are like individuals like that oh, yeah. existed during that time. Oh, for sure. And I'm and they probably 
I'm guessing just because, you know, with, with how much it affected labor and the unions, there was probably people within mm-hmm. un, unions and union organizers and, and not just them, but I'm sure economists too, who were mm-hmm. studying what was happening and were certainly discerning, you know, the long-term consequences might be this mm-hmm. kind of populist revolt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which where that's where we are today in some in some way. Mm-hmm. And 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 so this first stage of disillusionment makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. And I think that kind of the the next piece where discernment got sort of flipped and confused. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, is that you know rather than kind of taking things and 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 understanding that um it wasn't people on welfare it wasn't immigrants it wasn't people from mexico it wasn't these people coming in and threatening the american way like the boogeyman created by, yeah. you know, some, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what Trump was able to do was prey upon, you know, the flawed hum- human mind that we were talking about at the beginning of our discussion. Mm-hmm. And because people have these biases that are built mm-hmm. again, kind of instinctual and he was able to prey upon that and, and, using sort of this slogan of making America great again, saying like, Hey, you know, it's, it's all these Mexicans coming into America. That's, that's taken your jobs and taken your way of life. And, Mm -hmm, and it, and and it's the Democrats who, you know, um, you know, painting them, they're socialists and, you know, they want to take your, take this and take that. And, 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 and preyed upon that. Mm. And, mm. and when you have people who you accurately discerned that their way of life is, is threatened and not just threatened, but has already been damaged very much. And they're feeling very desperate mm. that he came in and, and was able to do this authoritarian tactic of, um, you know, creating a common enemy, rallying everyone's anger and resentment toward mm-hmm. this common enemy, and then harnessing it. And that's where the discernment broke down. Right. So in other words, for a short period of time, let's say uh, at least, you know, for last four, four years, uh, he was kind of succeeding, but also eventually it was also falling apart in a way mm-hmm. would you assess the situation in such a way so he was succeeding as you said you know a lot of people uh, uh rallied behind that whatever it is that is right yeah. and uh, but then uh because we're living in the age of information you know greater transparency you know maybe in the uh and another age it will probably took 10 years or, 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 or you know, mm-hmm. 30 years for mm-hmm. people to realize it. It seems like, you know, this thing uh, he's trying to create is falling apart within a shorter period of time. 
And I think we really have to look at the pandemic because that's that's the thing where ah. had, had the pandemic not occurred, ah. I'm pretty sure he he would have won a second term. Um, it might have been very, very close, but he, he still would have won because the problem is, is that ah. he ah. did, you know, his typical lying, you know, the pandemic's a, a democratic hoax and. Um, it's a China it, virus. It's he, the China must, virus. Yeah, he must be very. He must have been very mad at it because yeah. that thing, you know, becomes a tipping point yeah. in in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it and it and it it took away from his ability to kind of stick to his typical mm-hmm. common mm-hmm. enemy of Democrats. I mean, he still tried, right? Like he tried saying. Coronavirus mm. was a democratic hoax, and mm. it was all made up. It was just done to, you know, try to ruin his election. But the problem is, is that all these people were dying. Mm. Right, right. That's and, a reality. Yeah. And so, while you can create boogeymen about immigrants and Democrats and socialism, and you can get mm-hmm. away with that lie for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a, a pandemic, it's a lot harder to just lie for six, seven months about. I mean, he still succeeded with his base, uh, obviously. Like, they still yes. believe it's a hoax, and they think that as soon as, you know, Trump leaves office, that there's not going to be any more reports about people dying because it's all just been sort of a lie to begin with. But, but the problem is, is that those people in the middle who, um, could discern they were so outraged by what they saw. Maybe they weren't completely turned off by Trump or early on, but in this pandemic when, you know, the, the typical lies that maybe aren't as easily discerned. Yeah. 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 Really were a lot harder to, to cover up that it did change enough people's discernment and made enough people, energized enough to come out and and vote and of course that's why he ended up losing but i think i really think it's it's because of covid and how it did change people's ability to discern great great so that's the second stage now where are we going from here so in other words there will be and you know i would imagine according to our thought process and logic here uh, there will be another stage of discernment. Um, what would that be? You know, like say leaders, like new leaders, like uh, Biden or Harris. You know, you know, in the context of Laozi, uh, I think leaders, uh, because uh, given the fact mm-hmm. they are leading us, yep. so they are supposed to have a greater discernment. Yep. You you have to go back to that first stage of disillusionment that we were talking about. And you have to understand you have, this is where the leaders need to discern that these 72 million people that voted for, for Trump, Mm. they have real reasons for doing that. And it's not just because there's these deplorable racist people. Mm. Mm. And, and, and that's the problem that, that happens so often when, People on the left try to just say like, "Oh, well, they vote for Trump because they're they're bigots, they're deplorables, they're they're racist." They, they, they try to kind of uh, dismiss them and, yep. and 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 just pretend 
you know, they are they are they are different kind, right? Yeah. Almost like they are not us, but yep. they they should be us. Like we are all. Right? Yes, and and that's the level one disillusionment of a lot of people on on the left is that you know the their inability to recognize that for most of these people, it's not about the things that they think it is, which is just that these are like people who, you know, are full of hate and racism and sexism and, you know, homophobia and, and, and all that, that's the disillusionment that, um, the the people who are are leaders and uh and of the left need need to start discerning and mm. and be like the ocean right that receiving all rivers letting all rivers flow into it if if the the real leaders of america and that's just not even talk about republicans and, and democrats but whoever is ultimately going to get us to this next level of discernment they they truly do i mean biden biden is putting it into words as far as you know not seeing red states and not seeing blue states i see america right that's the type of discernment that we need but the problem is is that i still feel like that isn't being truly believed throughout enough of the political leaders in, in the country that it, it's still more of a slogan than anything of depth, because I think that there's still far too many rank and file people that um, don't really believe that. And, and somehow the sages and in, in politics, the sages and um, who are trying to shape, public opinion need to quit using the divisive language like racists and, and bigots and misogynists and socialists and and all these words and really start looking at what is the real thing because it, it's none of those divisive words it, it's that it's it's what people are all looking for they want to be safe they want to have a good living. They want to be able to take care of their families. Mm-hmm. And the people that voted for Trump, that's why they voted for Trump, because that's what they're interested in. They might have been very not discerning and believing that he was going to be the one to give it to him or, or not seeing his deep, deep character flaws. But they didn't vote for him because they're racists. I, mean, I see. I see. Do you, based on what you've seen and heard, do you, how do you assess the discernment of Biden? Uh, do you think because of the overwhelming uh, opposing forces, like, for example, some of the people on the left, uh, on the progressive mm-hmm. part, mm-hmm. they are already uh, are very active mm-hmm. in finding their spots and their representation uh, in the new, you know, uh, cabinets and you know, mm-hmm. other powerful positions. Uh, so my questions are two. One is like Biden and Harris themselves, you know, giving you know the at least uh, from outside the understanding, let's say, uh, of their personalities, where they came from. They have that wisdom, that discernment. Uh, to tackle, uh, you know, what we're talking about here, or even if they have those, 
but they are not enough like to handle the uh the the, the forces when the rubber meets the road yeah i think that's it's it's a great point and and i do think this is where there needs to be this openness and recognition mm. across mainly generations i think in in the democratic party where there's sort of this argument after the democrats lost house seats and you know didn't have this blowout win that they all believed that they were going to have and are still kind of you know shocked at like you know a- a america not turning out to be resoundly democratic the way that they believe that they were and mm-hmm. there there's sort of this debate of well it's it's the progressives turning off moderate americans with you know talks about um you know using the word socialism and mm. and um not getting you know middle america not getting the mindset of the voters in Ohio and mm-hmm. Iowa and places like that. And the progressives are saying, well, the, the establishment Democrats, they're not willing to listen to our ideas. They're, mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. campaigning correctly. They're, they're not spending money on social media the way that they mm-hmm. need to. And it has nothing to do with our progressive ideas. It's that the, the establishment Democrats don't know how to run a campaign anymore. And, and I think it's both of those things that, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing happening within the democratic party as what we're seeing this larger pattern in um, American discourse where what we're discerning isn't accurate and, and what we're not willing to see is that there's truth in all of these even within, let's say within the Democratic Party, yes, right? There yes. are different different forces, different uh, groups. Uh, but sometimes uh, we uh, ignore or neglect yeah. their views. Yep, and and that discernment again, where I have the opportunity to take something in that doesn't match my worldview. Going back to you know, the, the hunters, which I think the more that we're actually learning that hunters probably were men and women, that probably our perception of women not doing the hunting is probably more of a product of our kind of Victorian kind of um, notions of, of kind of gender roles. But regardless of all of that, um, that the hunters are, are discussing the environment and really keenly listening to each other, and probably back then, a lot more willing to change their worldview based upon the communication that they were getting from other people in the tribe. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, Ugg said that, you know, that's not a berry bush, that's actually a bear over there, because he <laughs> saw the, the droppings, like, I'm not going to go, go right. over there, where now we're, we're, we talk to each other like we're not in the same tribe. We talk to see, each other. See, see that's yeah. a, that's very interesting. You're talking about this because that's life and death to those yeah. people. Yep. When something is like black, more black and white, like a, the pandemic, right? It's survival. Uh, I, I think eventually people will make quick decisions. But when you're talking about 
you know, the a lot of the American ideas, I mean, you can argue both ways. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's easy. That's harder to say, oh, I believe in this. Mm -hmm. I believe in that. Yeah. And, and let's also look at the effect of tribalism on our discernment. If, if someone in my tribe is telling me mm. that's a bear, not a berry bush, I'm going to trust them. But if someone from another tribe I pass on the trail tells me that, <laughs> what are we going to think? Oh, they're lying to me. There's actually berries over there. They just don't want me to have any of them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think that will be a natural sentiment. Yes. And and so how can we get back in America? And 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 maybe this is just the evolutionary challenge that we have. I mean, we evolved in groups of twenty-five to a hundred people, and and now we're talking about hundreds of millions of people. And and how do you get hundreds of millions of people to all feel like they're part of the same tribe. I don't, I don't know that you can. Indeed. Somehow I think there needs, maybe there needs to be some kind of a, a rebuilding the intermediaries. So in other words, I feel, you know, nowadays everybody has a voice. Everybody has a, that microphone in social media, uh, you know, which is unprecedented, right? Mm -hmm. But I think, at the same time, that can create so many noises that lessens the efficiency of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe still kind of uh, organize that force a little bit more by creating, let's say, the representatives of different tribes mm -hmm. and then use some kind of a more streamlined process to uh, funnel, to channel those inputs into the uh, higher decision making. I mean, that's what humans do. That's why, uh, you know, uh, in the Confucianist world, they're still like a, a hierarchical. Mm. Of course, you know, value-wise, we don't like that kind of thing. You know, we always, we want to be the top of the hill, uh, you know, the king of the hill, yeah. right? The, but, drum, uh, the drum major. We all want to be the drum major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But only to some extent. Uh, I think after a long time, you have to maybe explode that uh, pyramids because it gets so rigidized, mm -hmm. rigidized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also, there's a value in uh, that kind of hierarchy because uh, you can more uh, uh, you can more in a more systematic way channel uh, a lot of the uh, meaningful inputs into that decision making. I sort of feel like nowadays where it's so. Um, it's so exhausting, you know. No one is doing the 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 distilling work. Everybody is just like more information, more information, and you know, there somehow I think will come at a stage when all these noises, some of the noises are just like, you know, uh, mm -hmm. especially the the most ridiculous ones. Mm -hmm. They they are maybe they're at a, some kind of a corners, but they don't get the attention mm -hmm. that we get. Because otherwise, human beings, you know, our brains are going to explode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that there this um, that through hierarchy is 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 some way to help us filter out that yeah. noise, that that that, yeah. that system filters out a lot of garbage 
forest that you know before yes. the internet for for good or for bad there were just a few major news networks and they were the filter they filtered out all the noise and, and obviously if there was some conspiracy theory that someone was floating around the major news networks weren't going to cover that story and say like oh hey everyone there's lizard people running the government and you can order you know child sex slaves off this cabinet maker's website and and that's not going to get broadcast to everyone but now it obviously is and it's done over and over and over again and there's no hierarchy to filter out the trash yeah 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 i i feel like there needs to be for our sanity uh without stifling you know different voices mm -hmm. uh there will be a period of this time after mm -hmm. we have learned you know what what happened mm -hmm. what we're experiencing now but how that happened uh, I don't know, but it seems like, you know, if we're talking about Dow, maybe it's pointing toward that kind of, uh, I, even like a German philosopher, uh, uh, you know, Hegel said, it's like a pendulum. You swing to one extreme, then swing to another uh, extreme. Oh, it's called a the thesis and antithesis, right? You have like three stages. Um, you know, if things are going well, you know, we'll say maybe we can get the benefit of the, you know, uh, you know, the 10,000, the 10,000 schools of thoughts, mm. right? 100 mm -hmm. flowers, like the mm -hmm. boring state, uh, you know, metaphorically or historically mm -hmm. speaking. Uh, but at the same time, uh, some kind of a order is restored but not so rigidly, mm -hmm. uh, but to incorporate ideas from the progressives, because I feel like the progressives kind of represent a lot of the voices of the future, you know? Yeah. And, and that's where the establishment Democrats do need to listen to the, it's the younger generations, again, going back to why I'm still optimistic. It's been shown how much this upcoming generation with their apps and the things that they're doing, how much they love learning. They love learning mm -hmm. about things and, and learning being part of what they're doing. And they're also, you know, resoundly not Trump supporters. And, and, and so establishment Democrats need to listen to the younger generation, but the younger generation also needs to listen to the establishment in, yes. the, in the sense of like, Hey, yes, you've got a lot of great ideas and the things that you're talking about, make a lot of sense but you also have to understand the concerns of the moderate american yes yes and and if we make you the mouthpiece of the party we're going to keep losing because it doesn't resonate a lot of the things that you're talking about the way that you present them in particular mm. don't resonate with people in nebraska i mean you look at some of the progressive candidates that were put up i think i forget which which nebraska um mm. race it was and and even with this supposed you know uh, amazing um campaign you know that that candidate lost pretty badly and and it's mm. not because you know they didn't run the kind of social media campaign the way that you have to in this day and age it's that 
the message that you can use to run in Brooklyn mm. isn't the same message that you can use to run in Nebraska. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And the discernment, the only way that discernment can take place is, is that dialogue between establishment Democrats and progressives. They need to talk to each other and discern, well, what's, what's useful and true and what each other have to say instead of being like, you know, the the hunter-gatherers that are looking at each other like they're in different tribes. And when one of them's trying to tell them that's a bear, not a berry bush, they they think that they're trying to be tricked somehow or that they're from another tribe and not trying to give them accurate information. You know, there there's truth in both of those. You know, can, campaigning needs to change and messages of, of progressive ideas need to be tailored and modified so that it's actually receptive to moderate America's worldview. Yeah, that kind of a, a trust, transparency, like build through ongoing dialogues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, just another kind of a quick follow-up question. On the Republican side, are there younger generations uh, voices, uh, you know, demographically speaking? Where, where do they tend to stand? Let's say, let's talk about like the, the younger people uh, who are more on the Republican side, are there, do they exist? Well, I'm, I'm sure that they do. And I'm, I haven't spent a lot of time with my finger on, on the pulse of that, but I have heard mm. quite a bit. And, and again, since it, it usually relates to the churches, because when we think about mm. the Republican side, a lot more of their, I mean, their filter and their hierarchy. And I think why, the Republicans are so much more successful and, and organized because organized, right? it happens through the churches and and they they're able to sort of really get on the same page and on target through. I mean, there's that hierarchy, right, that you talked about, that system of kind of saying, like, this is this is the message. This is um you know, how we're how we're going to approach things and then everyone sort of falls in in line and and they don't really well, there's not a lot of que- questioning about that i don't i don't think i think that it's it's it gets pretty accepted pretty pretty quickly i see i see okay well we are closing we are close to the uh you know the end of the hour and uh, it's been a you know really very interesting and fascinating uh, conversation around discernment. And of course, you know, like always, uh, you know, our goal for this uh, podcast is to take that timeless wisdom and, and really to see how that that wisdom is manifested in our world, both in our personal life and in our society. So this is going to be a continuous conversation. But uh. You know, I really enjoyed it today uh, to talk about those things. Yeah, I did. I did too. It always shapes my my discernment, which um, you know, the older I get, I feel more like that blind cave fish, where I I need to get more and more sensitive to um, mm. the signals and and really try to um, keep working on that. It's such a um, ongoing process, and I'm I'm glad that I get to share it with you during our our weekly talks. Yes, it's a it's a that makes our life journey, you know, really interesting and rewarding. 
you know, in the in continuing to refine that. Great.